Welcome to episode 17 of Who's Got Again. I'm your host, Abhin, and I'm currently not joined by my three co-hosts because this is being recorded at the end of our podcast. We started this podcast and aimed to keep it short and tight, but it ended up ballooning, ballooning into a two-hour piece, and obviously that's not going to work for our listeners, is it? So what we're doing is we're splitting the podcast into two aspects. The first aspect is with the Premier League wrap-up. We talk about Arsenal in depth. We also talk about the Europa League and the Champions League final. And we conclude with our FPL roundup. The second part of this episode that comes out Wednesday morning deals with our team of the season, our player of the season, and our goal of the season. That in itself is a really fun experience. And I sure hope you guys check it out uh, as we build up to the Europa final uh, on Wednesday evening. That being said, let's get on with the show. But this week, we also have a special guest. Uh, we have uh, we have Arya joining us, who's had an exceptional run in the uh, FPL Cup this year. And us being such diehard FPL fans, specifically Akshay, because he eats our head before every deadline, we really wanted to like speak to him about this and figure out what tactics this boy has picked up to have like gone on this insane run. No, thanks, Andrin. Thanks for having me on. And I think it's it's a wonderful thing that you've started. I think you've always had the... You've had two interests. You've had movies and you've had football. And I think this is a great way to start. And, and like, for anyone who's listening who's never known context, like, Abhin and I, we sort of go back all the way to school, like, being, like, Catonians and then sort of both also being in New York. So it's just a good connection. And I'm very happy to be on to discuss yeah. all things football, Arsenal and FPL. All right, thank you, Arya. Um, <laughs> that's so sweet. <laughs> anyway, um, so I think <laughs> I think the the one place to start off, like I'm, I'm sorry, guys, it's locked down. It's a shitty time. Someone says nice things, I'm happy. <laughs> anyway, uh, I, I think there's only one place to start, and that one place to start is uh, was the games that concluded yesterday. So. Uh, as I mentioned, we were all doing a watch along for the games and it was pure chaos because we each picked a game to watch and naturally I picked the most boring game of the entire se- uh, weekend. I picked Liverpool Palace and that was like a routine 2-0 win for Liverpool. There was a scare at the start. Uh, Andros Townsend missed a, a sitter uh, having gone one-on-one. And uh, then from then onwards, Liverpool just controlled the game, kept Palace at bay, frustrated them. Palace also did their be- bit to frustrate them. But in the end, Mane went. Uh, Mane scores two, uh, and Liverpool run out winners. No, no fuss, no worries. But I think the game of the weekend was happened at Leicester Tottenham because there was a lot riding on this game. So obviously, Leicester ended up losing two one to Chelsea in the midweek game, and they had to come into this game uh, with the mentality to like to continue, like to to get those bit, and they had to come in. Uh, and they had to come back into this game with the mentality of not losing or just generally making sure that they, they ran out winners. Spurs have had a horrible end to the season. I think they've had a horrible uh, time from December onwards, ever since that defeated Anfield. Um, and I, just ended- I think from Leicester's thing, like it was an absolute bottle job because Leicester spent like almost what 242 days, the most uh, any team has spent in the top four. Yeah. And they still on the final day managed to lose it. Like they bottled against the bottlers, which is Spurs. This is like a hilarious thing to do. <laughs> and and it happens to Brendan Rogers every season that in the last six weeks, his teams trail off. Like he's playing forwards and midfielders at, at CBs and RBs and stuff. Right? He doesn't have squad depth. You know how much of a bottle job uh, club Spurs are? They literally released a kit today that's made out of recycled plastic bottles. <laughs> and the, wow. the, comment, the, wow. the, the, the comment section <laughs> is like... True to the name, bottlers. <laughs> yeah. And like the, the reply section is filled with Spurs fans saying, why do you hate us? Why do you do this to us? <laughs> I think I think yesterday what happened at the Leicester uh, Spurs game, I think the moment Fofana got injured at that point, it was over. It was yeah, a game, but, so I was yeah. I was following that game from but the, the most moment part. he got injured, it was over. And another thing was this is the exact same thing that happened to them last season. All they had to do was draw the game against oh no, they had to beat United. And they make top four. 
lost to United out of top four. It was yeah. like deja vu for Leicester. And again, last season they finished like some. I think they were in the top four for like. I think they after uh, Liverpool and United, uh, City, they were the team with the most number of days spent in the top four. Last season I, as well. So I think like ten uh, games back also, like they were cruising at th- at third. Like you thought you wouldn't be able to catch them. Dude, but I was just seeing ten games later. They were five draw. losses, one draw, and four wins. I think uh, of, what Abin, Abin, what Abin alluded to yesterday, as as well as the uh, last podcast. I think the Newcastle the Newcastle defeat yeah. is what cost them uh, top four. Honestly, I think. Because uh, I was seeing, uh, I was seeing a table. I think at the start of March or start of Feb, they were ten points ahead of Liverpool. Literally ten points ahead. I think they were fifty-three. Liverpool were forty-three. <laughs> we. Yeah. I so I mean, of, yeah. The the thing with the uh, what I feel bad for Leicester is they had two very distinctive injuries that kind of derailed their season. I mean, obviously, Harvey Barnes was having the season of his life, and then. He like he tears his ACL and he's out for the season. Then I I think a couple of matches matches later, James Justin also has a similar situation. And James Justin, I mean obviously we this is and like we'll have this conversation much later. From an FPL perspective, was like the best the the shortest five point uh, five million uh, defender you could buy because his return game on game was he was under five right. So yeah, it was 4.5. Oh, 4. James was 4. 4. Oh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He, he was under 5 million. He was 4.5 like, or 4.6 or so. Yeah, yeah. He, was, and, he started at 4.5, yeah. Yeah, and so he was like, um, he was so good for Leicester. And in spite of that, they, I think they held on. But um, I think, see, I also feel bad for them because they might have traded the FA Cup for this in a way that... It's just one of. I think I, I totally disagree on that one. I think uh, mm. winning a trophy mm-hmm. would de- a trophy they've never won before, which is the FA Cup. I think it's still a successful season. I think uh, I know it's a big bottle job. I know they've become the you know they're trying to take away the bottle jobs from Tottenham, which is a big uh, you know title to take away from them. But I mean, would you finish top four? Would you win a trophy you've never won before? I mean, I could. S- I mean, they probably gave it all in their uh, that game against Chelsea and that wonder goal uh, they scored. Um, yeah, I mean, it is sad on them to have spent so much time in the top four and lost out. But I think it's uh, they won an FA Cup, so I think it's uh, and they're going to Europa League. I mean, it's it's not the worst season for them. I think. Yeah, the I mean, I think in perspective, it it helps. Like obviously, that that when you put things into perspective, like Leicester. Given the teams that finished above them have actually no business being that good, but they are that good and credit goes to where that club is run and also the manager. Sure, Brendan, like, I mean, with if Rodgers had the team that Liverpool had and then he failed to like qualify for the Champions League, questions would be asked because if I were to compare the front three of Liverpool to the front three of Leicester, like it, it's a no contest, right? Like, would you, would you say I prefer a 35-year-old Jamie Vardy as opposed to a uh, uh, 27, 28-year-old Mohamed Salah? No, of course not. Like Salah finished the season as the as the second as, as the runner-up in terms of the of the Golden Boots. So, in spite of the limitations of that squad, and Leicester have a very limited squad, they've spent very well. Ricardo Pereira, who I think was their player of the season last season, and he didn't he hasn't played he didn't play at least till a couple just a couple of games ago. He's been out for the longest time, so the injury record hasn't been the kindest. And it's just like, it's an unfortunate circumstance. Obviously, I guess that Leicester fans wanted to see them in the Champions League. But they, they I think you give them a trophy and you give them European qualifications, they're more than happy. I think even uh, Madison was injured for quite a few games in, in the middle. In, uh, I think uh, around the same time as Harvey uh, Barnes. Yeah, yeah. They were injured together. So they lost two yeah. of their... Most important uh, attacking threat. So yeah, I mean, yeah. and from an FPA point of view, also you had either one of them, and yeah, you always had, just yeah. couldn't get either of them. Uh, Madison and hasn't been the same since injury. Some of our, uh, team. Yeah, yeah. He was he was in contention for the Euros. I I don't think I I don't think. I mean, he's, his form dropped going. off so badly. I, yeah. I'm pretty sure he's not going. I, yeah, he's I don't think he'll go either. Yeah. Okay, Speaking um, of their loss to like Newcastle, 
Mm-hmm. Newcastle's finished 12th in this season <laughs> and this is the highest they've ever finished since wow. 2012 okay after having that nightmare of a season throwing cabbages at Bruce Bruce out all the protests he's the manager <laughs> that made them finish the highest they've ever finished in the in yeah. almost a decade <laughs> <laughs> yeah they finished above wolves but they played with some really good yeah southampton yeah. last southampton yeah southampton were top of the table really once football over the last uh, 7 bruce is one day who fails upward it's hilarious like <laughs> only he can manage to do this <laughs> but the newcastle finishes partially because of uh, the arsenal boy uh, were like scoring seven yeah. games which is yeah. um, he's on track right now if he scores like three more in three consecutive games he match wardy's uh, 10 goals in 10 games record um, so i mean it's no mean feat especially given some of the opposition that newcastle were play, playing against with literally no incentive to play and i think uh, pretty pretty cool to see willock you know someone who could didn't even make the arsenal team to go on and actually do some you know really cool uh, stuff for newcastle so good finish for them in this season i'm happy for willock i'm happy for newcastle uh, are, I, mean, I, have, I, have, Bullock, uh, yeah. i have a i have a question as well this. like yeah yeah i have a question because you mentioned willock does willock not get into that arsenal midfield because i am looking at willock plays center attacking what does he play he plays like uh, as a center attacking midfielder right Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, so I assume the midfield too that was used for most of the season was Danny Sabayos and Thomas Partey. Partey was injured for most for bits but I don't think yeah. he's really set yeah, the, the world. Yeah. So, so and Shaka was playing Jaka was playing left back for like in, for a while as well. So why is yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So I'm I'm just like the more I I you know I put that Arsenal team into perspective I just the more baffling it becomes what is Joe Willock doing at Newcastle scoring 7 in 7 when he can't get into the Arsenal team who are not really setting the world alight yeah and so like Joe Willock ends up out scoring all of the Arsenal midfielders across the season oh my god just tells you all that you know about our season uh Yeah, Arsenal had a pretty symbolic midfield in the whole season, and we we probably had our worst. I mean, thank God we finished eighth, and we almost flirted with the Europa Conference League when Tottenham were losing to Leicester. Uh, and you know, we were like, if if we were finishing above Tottenham after, if you remember on Christmas Day, yeah. uh, Spurs were top of the table and Arsenal were flirting with relegation. So yeah, the fact that we could have finished above them had a result gone our way in the last game of the season. is actually quite a credit to Arsenal Sawas and and disrespect to Mourinho and and Tottenham and the way they've run their show here. Like Arsenal's first line rivalry is just hilarious. Like so if you go to the Tottenham <laughs> subreddit mm-hmm. yeah they're not even it's it's like they're not pro Tottenham they're like anti Arsenal. You know what the sign of a successful season is? Uh, finished on top of Arsenal, denied uh, Arsenal a European spot. <laughs> That is what their successes are listed as. And, And also, what, is, what are you guys celebrating? Like this is really sad. No, I think yesterday there was there was for a brief minute. Obviously, Arsenal were flirting with the Conference League, but there was also the added bonus of Saint Tottenham's Day. So, for those those who don't know what Saint Tottenham's Day is, it's it's a day celebrated whenever like Arsenal finished above Spurs for 22 years in a row, and uh, they would. created a, a holiday like a, a special day out of it called St Ottringham's Day but then when Spurs started to get good a couple of years ago that day became a distant memory and i think yesterday for the first time because of Spurs lost to Villa in the previous game week there was a chance and when Arsenal went 2-0 up at bright uh, at home to Brighton and i think Spurs were 2-1 down to to Leicester it seemed a reality like it was you, it's kind of like uh, I have won it, but at what cost? It was like a pyrrhic victory because oh, you've won, you've seen Tottenham's day, but you also have the Conference League. Harry Kane had like a breakout season, and he still got nothing except for a golden boot and a playmaker award. Like it's quite ridiculous for Tottenham to have had like Son and Kane perform so well and still win like nothing. Yeah, I mean but you you have that was, uh, that was early season. I mean, if you go back, I was uh, you know I was uh, I think a couple of weeks ago I was deciding whether to uh, which which uh, Spurs assets to bring in, and I went back and I looked at 
look at their goals and assists most of it is accumulated uh, until until like christmas i think post christmas son has probably scored three maybe four goals if i'm not mistaken so it's whatever goals he scored it was it was pre christmas right and that's why they were at the top of the league uh this was uh, this was yeah, i'll tell you what this is this is this happened to united in mourinho's second season as well where he went to anfield and completely took the momentum out of that team when he went and said we will set up not to lose and uh, that whole team at, and ever since then it's been one downward spiral because then they went to palace went took a 1-0 lead sat on the lead palace came back and equalized they went to wolves took a 1-0 lead sat on the lead wolves came back and equalized did it they were at home to fulham a 1-0 lead fulham came back and equalized and and it was just he slowly drained the confidence out of that squad because and i think we've alluded, alluded to this in the podcast uh, in previous episodes where i've mentioned that how that defense is not capable of sitting back and uh, sustaining pressure from the uh, from the opposition mourinho tried to make them play football they weren't comfortable with and ultimately they, he paid the price for it he's at roma now and there's a reason why he's at roma because no other top club will touch him because he's just it's come to a point where football has passed him to such an extent that his so called managerial tactics are just toxic in nature like you would he probably goes to roma because they're i assume football is a lot slower but like conte is tearing up that league playing a 4-2-4 but he's his brand of football might be able to sustain but i don't know how he's going to do it with that roma's team because it looks like they need massive investment and like almost like clockwork he wants matic in that midfield and united are like you want matic we'll sell him for you sell him to you for 12 million yeah you like what can you what can you say about uh, i mean i i don't really want to talk about jose anymore cuz he wanted felleni in the tottenham squad and he wanted to pull him back from china <laughs> can you imagine that yeah. so he has his favorites and he's going to pull them wherever he goes yeah exactly I, I, i think uh, jose i mean uh, jose the thing with jose i thought I feel like he thought he had Carvalho uh, not uh, uh, Carvalho and Terry at the uh, at the back with United uh, the problem is he had Jones is falling at the time that was the <laughs> biggest problem <laughs> he has fallen next season yeah he has yeah, he fallen this morning <laughs> <laughs> um, i think that's going to be a treat to watch <laughs> oh, <wow>. <laughs> 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 having having said that i think i think jose is somebody who still lives in the past i i really think he still lives in uh in the in the year 2004 i think chelsea, uh, 2004 was the 14 goal season right or 2005 5 uh, so he probably he, he's probably he's so that season so drilled into him he thinks he can just go about winning 1-0 1-0 1-0 1-0 like it's 1-0 to the arsenal sort of a thing so uh it's it's not in this day and age that does not work you have to outscore the uh, outscore your opponents more often than not in any in any uh, league for that matter yeah, you know you funny you mentioned 1-0 to the arsenal because when the season started i arteta set up that team almost like a mini version of atletico madrid from like 2013 2014 because they would they were grinding out 1-0 wins and i remember they they were the opening game of the season right that 3-0 win away to fulham I remember it well because Willian got two assists and I had him and everyone else had Aubameyang so I was like yeah hey. so I was super excited about it but ever since again that I don't think that brand of football is sustainable in the Premier League and since that win at Old Trafford where there was a really in in my opinion everyone says Arsenal had a great performance that day I just thought both teams were shite and you make Pogba tackle in the box uh it's like it is a win for any opposition just look look across the season he's, i think he's the most he's the united player that's considered the most number of penalties so i kind of want to know are where did it go wrong what is your opinion on arteta and what is the future look like oh man there's no like single answer to what went wrong or where it went wrong i think uh, i think a lot of the cracks were there already before season start, started which got a little papered over because we won the fa cup last year Mm-hmm. So I think and we started the season with winning the community shield I'm not like that's a trophy or anything but it's just <laughs> like I think winning those two kind of papered over the cracks that uh, Arsenal had and it kind of made Arteta have a little more leverage with the fans so no one really got on Arteta's back as much and then one I think 
as the season unraveled, I think Obama Yang didn't have form. He had some personal issues, some injuries, some uh, issues in the family. So, and I feel like Obama Yang hasn't been the same ever since he signed the contract where he's getting a ton of money. Before signing yeah. the contract, it's like he's in form and golden boot and all of that. So, so we we didn't have any sort of goal scoring threat, which was a, a big loss. Party who we, who came in with much fanfare, he got injured for most of the season. So we didn't have a good CDM either to hold off our defense. Uh, our defense is aging. We have David David Luiz uh, mm-hmm. still at the back, and so, you know we had a ragtag defense. Uh, we sold Martinez, who had a flying season with Aston Villa, fifteen yeah. clean sheets uh, with a weaker team. So it just like you know we sold Ozil for like practically after him sitting on the bench. So I think there was a lot of things going wrong. And plus, obviously, behind the scenes, there was the European Super League that the owners were, were looking to cash in on, uh, even though Arsenal had no right to be within within those discussions. So I feel like all of those factors, the manager being inexperienced, the owners being greedy, uh, main striker being out of form and having issues, our CDM being injured, um, our main assist maker being sold off. Like, it's just a combination of really, really bad... Uh, decisions and bad luck and um, I'm personally not I'm not sold on the Arteta dream yet I'm, I'm, I'd be completely okay if they if he got fired at the end now the season's over because uh, the brand of football has really suffered we've been back passing playing back from the keeper with very little attacking flair and it's just so boring to watch it's like you go up to the corner and then you pass your way back right back to Leno at the back <laughs> yeah, like, no, I, I, trust me I know yeah, we, we know about it. I, I, can can I ask you one card. thing? Can I ask you one thing, Arya, on that point? Yeah, yeah. Do you think when when Arteta moved from a back five to a back four, that's when the downfall started? Do you think that was that was the that was the reason? Because when he was set up with a back back five, they were doing really well. I mean, they were they were grinding out results, like Ben said. They were, uh, I mean, they they were pretty well. Even even the FA Cup semi final when they beat City. Uh, they did well, and then the FA Cup final, and then the Community Shield where they uh, where they beat Liverpool. They were all set up with the for a back five. Even the start of the league, I think they started with the back five for for quite a few games, and then for 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 I don't know what was the reason he switched to a back four. I I mean I don't I don't follow Arsenal as closely as you, but I I I knew that there was a shift in the formation. What was the reason behind that? And do you think that was the that was the start of the downfall? Yeah, it's possibly started of the downfall. I'd say, like, I think formation-wise, Arteta was a little like, experimental and all over the place. Initially, when he was playing City, all of that, if you think back, he was just playing with Pep a little while before that. So he was very familiar with how Pep would set up, how Pep would attack. So he was able to counter those because he's sort of been Pep's right-hand man for ages. So what ended up showing across the season is Arteta's inexperience as a manager. When you're a new manager, you're looking to kind of find your niche, find your formation, and you kind of look to tinker around a little bit. And this happened again more recently with the Europa League semi-final, where we played tried to play a false nine, which we didn't play at all the whole season. But in a in probably our most important game, he tried to play Pepe as a false nine, and we just completely fell apart in the first leg. And uh, so that just showed me that that Arteta is sort of you know was trying things, and like it's like. You know, when you give someone the keys to the kingdom when they're not ready, they just, you know, try to do whatever they can to, to you know, to make make a fist out of it. But honestly, like, Arteta is, is out of his depth, in my personal opinion. I wouldn't lose a second sleep if he were to get fired and we were to go yeah. to someone experienced. So, That's what I wanted to ask you on that. Yeah. Uh, like, when Wenger wasn't doing well, and by not doing well, was not coming fourth. He was coming fifth or something like that. Or sometimes even fourth. That Wenger out banner was so strong. That that yeah. shout was so strong. With Arteta, even Arsenal fan TV or the fan base, they, they're still believing in him. They're still like, in Arteta we trust. I'm not understanding that. Like, why, why the fan base is still with him? So, I guess the reason is that like Wenger had kind of outlived his... Uh, his time for a long time. Like he was, you could tell that he wasn't the Wenger, the professor of old. And I think he had enough seasons, about 20 odd seasons, but we always finished 
uh, in in Europe under Wenger, we finished top four under every season of Wenger, sort of right up until the end, uh, except for the end, I think. And um, so I think the reason why people have a little more faith in Arteta or like aren't as vocal about Arteta out as they were Wenger out was because that uh, you know for a long time Arsenal's decline was characterized by Wenger because we were an invincible side. And then we went, we won the FA Cup the year after, and then Champions League final the year after that. And then we just declined like crazy. And there was only one person in charge of it all. So I felt like people associate all the Arsenal's faults with Wenger. And so that's why the Wenger out brigade was much more vocal. And I think with Arteta, because he won the FA Cup, because he won the Community Shield, and because he just had one season, I think that's why people are less, they don't want to become like, um, how I'm not to be insulting to United at all, but like when mm. y'all had the David Moyes and the Louis Van Gaal and, and you know Mourinho after that, I felt like we didn't want to be, we didn't want to become like you know like that, having to like fire managers every year and, and you know that's possibly why there are a lot of fans not as vocal about Arteta out. But trust me, halfway through next season, you start hearing if if it goes like this season. You you not find that you find a lot of support for Arteta out. It's already it's already starting to get there, but it'll become a huge wave next season, in my opinion. Arya, do you think you guys uh, have a chance to finish top four next seasons? I mean, uh, assuming you do get one or two signings, not more than that. Hey, they could have a Conte mm-hmm. season. You never know. I mean, no, I mean, I, honestly, a billion in David Luiz. I'm still like. <laughs> no, David Luiz is gone. He's not. He's not renewing, right? So no, I think but like gets... an honest, like an honest opinion, like your honest feedback or opinion. Uh, do Do you see a see one thing? I think the best thing to happen to Arsenal, honestly, from from a neutral perspective, is that they didn't they didn't make the Europa or that shit Europa qualifiers or whatever that nonsense is. Yeah, I think that one season without uh, European football would would serve Arsenal in a really... Because then they're not playing Thursday, Sunday, Thursday, Sunday, Thursday, Sunday. That that puts a big toll on the team. So, I think that's, that is one thing it'll, that'll really help Arsenal. That way, you can get a lot of training done midweek. You can do all those triangles that Arteta keeps on harping about. Also, I think uh, I think we're we're starting to see uh, the 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 birth of Nicolas Pepe because I feel like if you look at Pepe's form over the last couple of games, like genuinely he's turning into Arsenal's attacking uh, focal point. I look at that team and I think you know what the one position they don't have a problem with is at left back. But the only issue with that uh, with with that statement is that Arsenal are notorious for injuries, and I think Kieran Tierney's had quite a few this season. So much so that it kept him out of the first leg of the Europa uh, of the semi-final, and he came back in the second leg, but it was too late. He is like his mm. uh, defensive capabilities and like his engine will cause any team problems. And also, he's, he sounds like a genuine leader as opposed to whoever they have up front. Uh, and so, I, I mean, actually, I at the back, David Lewis is the leader. It's very funny. Yeah, or he was. <laughs> Uh, so but I don't know about this. He doesn't have much left in him. I think he's also yeah. quite aging, and no, I think he's gone. leaving. Right? He may last only another season, and then he's no. I think oh, he's he, leaving this season. He's gone. No, at a, uh, not at Arsenal, but at any team for that matter, oh, whichever yeah. team he goes to next. I I think uh, Arsenal should just aim to finish above Tottenham. That <laughs> will give you confidence first. <laughs> no, like but Tottenham honestly, are anyway no, doing like a moonwalk moonwalk back regression, where the team is just getting worse, <laughs> worse, worse. But yeah. honestly, like think about it. Ask like like Abin just said, they can't make a host of signings. They have to play with what they have. Maybe one or two signings, and and I think that's the case for most of the teams. I don't think any team yeah. is going to go gung ho and sign three, four, five See, players. Yeah, exactly. So first of all, COVID is like everyone talks about signing Kane, Sancho, and not in the same window. Like you laugh at them in their face because. Nobody has that kind of money available unless you have like oil reserves sitting somewhere, which which is why the bookies favorites for, uh, you know, for Kane, like the clubs that Kane is going to go to is either City or PSG, because I think they're the most insulated. And I think PSG have a, a, a situation now where Poch can go to the, his owner and be like, listen, we didn't win the league because Mauro Cardi is shit. So... 
I want a proper number nine that can also play as a number ten, and that is that could be a reason Kane goes to PSG, and he also has the the link up with Poch, right? Like his second father kind of situation. But that, like, so when, when it comes to Arsenal, the issue is even in 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 a in a good economy, they weren't spending. Obviously, there was there was the seventy two million for Nicolas Pepe, but they're paying that in installments of what seven point two million over a period of ten years. So, uh, and yeah. I mean, I, I'm I'm not sure, but correct me on that if if I'm yeah. like if I'm wrong. Yeah. So, five years, something like that. Uh, yeah, yeah, something like that. It's 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 basically it's it's not like an upfront fee. And now, given that fans are being recently let back into stadiums, the I basic writing on the wall is like. Like if you have to fire Gunasaurus, you don't have the money to to sign players, dude. So just <laughs> I, I, you know what I, I think. I think that was when you cursed your season when you fired Gunasaurus and like laid fifty five employees off to give Aubameyang a contract at three hundred fifty thousand. Somewhere, like the forces of nature were like, you know what? Probably not the best idea. Karma is a bitch, bro. Yeah, that was yeah. And I think, uh, I mean, especially at a time when we had Ozil sitting 300k a week doing nothing, yeah, um, and so signing Willian at 220k a week, like really ridiculous stuff has happened. I think transfer-wise, we've let Aaron Ramsey go for free. We've let Sanchez. We muddled that whole thing up. We muddled the Ozil thing up. After keeping him, we didn't really play him. So, like transfer-wise, we've been all over the place. There's no doubt about that. And I think to answer Siddharth's sort of question, I think. Uh, what my expectations as an Arsenal fan our next season is just to rebuild because I feel like we we have no right to be in Europe. We're not like even if we made Europa League, like we even if we made Champions League, we get knocked out pretty uh, pretty badly against any sort of decent team. So we, we don't sort of deserve. I mean, we were even lucky to even be in the conversation of the European Super League because, like, I mean, we have a big fan base and a lot of history and trophies before, but. Um, so to to set expectations, I think next season, I think if we can get into the top five, get back into Europe, um, if we can put it together, maybe a cup run, maybe an FA Cup run, uh, that way I think would make teams happy. And the only way we can do that is if we sign uh, someone who can who can be a really good CAM and can link up between Oba, between Willock, between uh, Laka, and and just try to hold the you know pick out assists out of nowhere and just be able to create more because uh, creatively we've been losing like having Jaka and Partey in the middle just doesn't create enough. It can, you know, at best be a good CDM pairing, but that's still not good enough. And we definitely do invest in replacing David Luiz, have a good second keeper as well. Um, stuff like that. So there's a lot the team has to rebuild. Maybe selling Willock for 30 million if we were able to get it. Maybe... You know, we need that in order to fund some transfers. Because honestly, like, we don't we don't have any European money coming in, and you know, there's been no fans coming in the whole season. So Arsenal are not good, and we know our owners, Kronk, the Cronkies, aren't really known for taking yeah. out the paycheck. So we're not. He has a, he has a, a five billion stadium uh, debt to pay in in Los Angeles. So I doubt the Cronkies are going to be thinking of investing in Arsenal. A move completely. I don't think, I don't think he. I don't. Uh, uh, what? Uh, what? I don't think he he's bearing the entire five billion though. Who's bearing it? Uh, the city of Los Angeles is bearing quite a bit of it. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Plus, yeah, he shares I, it with. Uh, plus, he shares the stadium with the Los Angeles Chargers as well, right? It's a shared stadium. Wait, wait the the LA has two teams. Yeah. Yeah. Chargers and uh, Rams. Oh, I. The SoFi Stadium. Know. The SoFi mm. Stadium is going to be for both of them, not just. Yeah, one. Both, both the teams have. Uh, yeah, it's a shared stadium, stadium, and mm. Los, the city of Los Angeles has, is going to bear quite a bit of the brunt of of the five billion. Interesting. Okay, I, I learn something new about NFL every day. So we'll very quickly move on to uh, the Champions League and and uh, the Europa League. Obviously, uh-huh. th- there is only one premier competition happening this week, and it's in two days. We first start with. <laughs> we'll first, we'll first talk about the game uh, on Saturday with, between Chelsea and and United and City. If Chelsea play anything like they did against Villa, they are about to get slapped and slapped bad, which is very bad for all of us. 
I mean, not for Arya because if they if Chelsea get two Champions League finals, then yeah. like that, yeah, then it's over. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> so Arya and uh, Arya is probably the only one that has like a city allegiance in this particular situation. Because oh, yeah, Tushar, yeah, yeah, Tushar obviously, so, yeah. As much as we like, but we talk about. Go on, go on. So I, I also want it from a historical from a historical perspective. Now, when you think of like the best teams in 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 the Premier League ever, you think mm-hmm. of the United treble season up there. But if a treble can be matched, and that leaves like the Invincibles is the only sort of feat not achieved ever. And I think for that reason, I was really hoping. <laughs> <laughs> you know, if he wins this. You can genuinely say Manchester is blue for the last decade, at least. Manchester. Is okay, blue. I, I agree. It has been. It has, it has been, been blue. I'm agreeing with you. Uh, without, without <laughs> yeah, I mean, without yeah. without even winning the Champions League, I'm agreeing with you. They have been blue since 2012. But would you? No, but they haven't won a Champions League, so that is one thing. You know, it can be like you will never sing that or whatever they keep saying in the stadium. Okay, but <laughs> I would say if you? they win this, then they won every every trophy that even United has won, right? There's, yeah, but there's a lot of there's a lot of arguments. They've not won the Europa. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you guys might think that. Cool, cool. We did two times Europa chat. That, that way, Tottenham can be like you never won the Audi Cup and all. Okay, <laughs> but uh, but do you all think that if City win the treble, do you all think that that puts the Invincibles in a sort of separate category, or do you think no? Like, see, I'll tell you this right about the Invincibles. I number one, I think it cursed Arsenal forever. It like I think if they yeah. they went invincible yeah. and sure. used all their luck in one season. Yeah, in one like six, yeah, yeah. seven. Yeah. So I would you trade a Champions a Champions League for an for the Invincible trophy? I I don't think I can, man. Because um, uh, for, for two Champions Leagues, for two Champions League okay. trophies, for so one I, invincible. Can I trophy. ask you one question? It's the greatest feat uh, ever achieved in in a Premier League season. I'll give you I'll give you that. But you realize that Arsenal got knocked out. I think in the third round of the, of the FA Cup and in the third round of the League Cup that season, the same eleven players could have played the entire season, which which effectively what is what happened during that season. And I think at the end of the season, he was very happy with with taking draws away from home. Arya, I, I, Arya, I think the '98 team, the double winning team in '98, is better than the Invincible team. I think that team with. But uh, but the thing is that you've got to, you're, we're talking the best Premier League team, right? So ultimately, you've got to measure it by feats. Like you can say that City scored 100 points, but then they scored 99 points again, or Chelsea scored 95 points, but that was surpassed. And if City get a treble, then like a treble isn't a unique achievement. Then so the only unique feat unrepeated in it, you know, would be the the invincible. But that's my only argument. Honestly, dude, as an Arsenal fan, we've got nothing to cheer about. <laughs> like this is <laughs> <laughs> even Chelsea, even Chelsea winning the league by conceding fourteen goals. That's a feat by itself, right? Like, also, if you want to give a team, if you want to give a team the greatest the greatest uh, team of all time tag, I would not. As a United fan, I don't give it to the treble team, as even though they have three trophies, I give it to the 0809 side. Yeah, 0809 team for me. Because yeah. they 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 won the league three. Uh, uh, they won a three peat, and it's happened yeah. twice yeah. in the Premier League. One and both teams have been united, ironically. Uh, and like I mean, they three peat shouldn't have lost. Shouldn't have lost to lost to both. That was Smith, a yeah. freak. Freak fucking yeah. I don't know. That's a freak result. Whatever. But okay. Uh, but I think we like we kind of have to talk about the elephant in the room that is the Champions League final this week, and uh, Chelsea City mm-hmm. because I think Kante is back. Uh, according to Tuchel, Kante is back for this game, and he, uh, he didn't show up for training today. But he's gonna. Yeah, by Wednesday, I think Wednesday he yeah, Wednesday. he expects uh, back. The other good thing is Christensen is back. Uh, so I think he has some time to like train and rebuild that team to what it is. Let's see. Let's hope. I, and I think he knows how to set up against Pep. That is one thing I can trust in Tuchel. He knows how I to set up against Pep. Chelsea have to turn up the way they turned up against Leicester in the league game. Otherwise, no. they, they do not. Oh, it's like he turned up against City twice. Yeah, like how he turned. Yeah, I no. mean, he, they have to come out of the blocks like. Uh, they they don't. Possessed. Otherwise, there's no chance. They don't have to come out of any blocks. They just need to shut up and sit back, and wait for yeah. wait for City to do the harm to themselves because that's what's going to happen. 
because Pep, the buffoon, will play a high line. He will push Chev, yeah, he'll play a high forward, line, yeah. and then all you need to do is out of the fourteen offsides that Timo Werner is like uh, going going to try. Yeah, this is going to be one of the hardest moment where he just he runs. There'll be one moment he where he'll be like yeah. ahead of all the players. You know, like this will be like the scene from Lagan, okay, where. Uh, you know, <laughs> where yeah. where he breaks forward and scores the goal, and then everyone says they say offside, but in the VAR uh, replay, he's inside his own half. You know, like so basically the climax of Lagan when he catches spoilers for Lagan if you haven't seen it. So <laughs> where he catches the six, but he's outside the boundary <laughs> line. <laughs> I, I want a Lagan. <laughs> <laughs> so I feel who's the who's the referee for the final? Nah, they haven't announced it yet. I'm not sure. As long yeah. as it's not a prem ref, I'm fine. Mm. It won't be. It won't be a prem ref. It won't be. It won't be a prem ref. It's a Champions League game. It'll usually be the it'll usually be that German dude, the guy with the greyish blonde hair. Marius Frisk. Frisk. Yeah, possibly. Frisk. Yeah, possibly. Andreas Frisk. Sorry. Yeah. Okay, um, so Arya, what, uh, what what are your predictions, my man? Oof, man, I think uh, if they pull off what they did in the in the what was the cup? Um, FA Cup. FA Cup. Uh, FA Cup. FA Cup. Yeah. Yeah, I think that team could could potentially beat City, but I think City uh, will do everything in their power to to overcome. Chelsea and I think I don't think Chelsea have looked the part with that recent game. Um, yeah. I don't think that's how they're going to play in the finals. But I think uh, I have a feeling Chelsea are going to do it. Uh, but it's very hard to bet against Pep. So like if I had to put money on it, I would say City is going to do it. But my instincts tell me that Chelsea will will pull it off. Hmm. So it's like so you're so you're on you have city technically as is what i what i'd like to say yeah i try to put money on it yeah i i think chelsea will win this and i just feel they'll be like a redemption moment for timo werner i just i kind of it's like there's too much has happened this season for them to not have it they they're they're, they're on the download they're, the, they're almost the underdog at this point in time so i feel they'll ultimately come yeah. away with it uh, i think chelsea for me too uh i think they're going to win 2-1 and like you said it's uh, it's going to be written in the stars for team one i feel like he's going to score the winner uh, late in the game i think chelsea take it late in the game uh, uh rather take it late and then i think team one scores the winner 2-1 chelsea uh, akshay yeah, I mean, i'm going to go with chelsea uh, mm. <laughs> wow! If, if there's one other manager who can beat City this season, it's Tuchel. Tuchel. Yeah. Um, and I think uh, City are going to take it. Yeah. You can't. You can't spell Chelsea without Chell. You can't spell Tuchel without Chell. That means it's. Your prediction? <laughs> you really want me to say City? <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> Honestly, I think Chelsea should do it, but it's going to be hard. Like, um, so to be honest, in that that semi final, we got lucky a bunch of times to win that game. Oh, not really. We watched it uh, during the watch along. I think Chelsea was a better team in that. No, we were we the better the, team. We watched the Premier League game. No, but I'm saying if he had got that Panenka, that stupid Panenka in Aguero, uh, uh, then the game would have been shut down at two zero. Yeah. Right. Oh, yeah. But he missed the Panenka and then we came back. So that, no, no, that, that, trust that me, one Pep will, point changed the game. Trust trust me, Pep will do one stupid thing in this final. It, like he is yeah, not well, going he you know he'll he'll do one really stupid thing. So you just need to figure he'll either play three two center, two defensive midfielders or three defensive midfielders. Some bullshit he'll do and which will disrupt the flow. So you I I think Chelsea still have a strong chance. Now, with regards to the cup competition tie of the week uh, taking place uh, on Wednesday, I I kind of, I have great fears. <laughs> Maybe it's just a pessimist in me, but I don't think United hey, are winning it. Aben, it's going to be a good evening, dude. Don't worry. It's good. Yeah, exactly. It's going to be a good, good, it's, it's ah. be a good eb- <laughs> I feel like I feel like I'm going to be singing the yellow submarine at the end of the night. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because these country fellows, if they score, if you, if United score first, they've lost that game. Let let Villarreal <laughs> score. Let, let them uh, score. I, I, let, I let, just let them go. Without, 
I just feel without Maguire, we don't stand a chance. Honestly, I, uh, I mean, I'm maybe pessimistic. I obviously want United to win, but I think without Maguire, we don't stand a chance. And please, I, I, I know our uh, our Mc, our McFred mid midfield is starting. If McFred is starting, do not play no. Pogba on the left. Let Rashford go yeah, on the I left. Hope, I hope he doesn't. Hope let he let doesn't. Rashford go on the left. Let Greenwood go right, and let uh, big bad boy Eddie take the. Yeah, let yeah. Pogba come on against tired legs because uh, I watched them against Arsenal, and they're a good pressing unit. They don't have a lot of pace, um, but then but the trade-off is Arsenal didn't really attack them in the first leg. So there's that. The moment they started attacking them, they kind of sh- shat the bed. So. It could go one of either way. They've taken five points from 24 uh, out of 24 against the top six this this season in La Liga. So they're really, they're not that great. So United should definitely beat them. But you know, you all of us know how good United are when it comes to (laughs) beating teams in low blocks. So I'm like... Any any faith in your former manager? Oh, (laughs) I mean, he did beat us over two legs. So, I mean, I've got... He's redeemed himself that way. I think he's he's a Europa League specialist, except for when he was at Arsenal. Yeah, that's uh, a- <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting for that. Um, oh, yeah, I, I, mean, I, I watched that game with the Chelsea fan. Oh, I have never seen. And oh there was God, a Chelsea I'm fan behind me. Uh, I was, no, I was I had a Chelsea fan behind us, and and he started buying everybody in the bar. I was uh, he started buying all for champagne. He's like, <laughs> wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, no, I think that just like that moment sealed uh, Emery's fate for me. I felt like that Baku, uh, when Arsenal got hammered by Chelsea, that just told me that, you know, he doesn't have the the stones to, to be able to pull it off on a competition he loves. Like he's the most successful Europa League manager in history. Um, <laughs> I just, I, you know, I feel like um, this trophy will do like, uh, United a world of good. Um, not that like they need it, they're still going to the Champions League. But uh, I, I wouldn't, I, could, I can't bet against uh, Good Evening. But uh, I just think United have the better team, man. It would be a, it would be a huge upset if, if, if they lost to Villarreal. I mean, it's just that would be crazy. I can't see it happening. Dodds uh, finish up on this. Yeah, I think United should win that. If you guys don't win that, then you don't deserve to be in the Champions League. <laughs> <laughs> On what basis? We finished ahead of you. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't matter. If you don't win against Villarreal, fuck off, dude. <laughs> <laughs> honestly, honestly, if Ole doesn't win that, honestly, he really needs to look in the mirror. Yeah, he should be fired, dude. <laughs> if, he, if he really can't take this team to the next level, Ole honestly. Out, huh? no, no, I'm not saying Ole out. I, I'm just saying he needs to reflect if he has that, he has what it takes to take the team to the next level because he's brought them to a certain level. Like he's poured the concrete for the foundation. It's whether he can now build a house, build a structure on top of that. Anyway, uh, I think it's an. I think we'll be doing a watch along for that game. We'll be doing a watch along for the Chelsea game as well. So join us for that, uh, and we should, it should be a lot of fun. Um, okay, I think very quickly we'll wrap up uh, on with with our FPL journeys. Uh, Tushar had a great FPL journey. He stopped playing halfway through the season because um, he. Was hey, like, I got sixty nine points. Nice last game. Oh, nice! <laughs> oh wow, that's, that's uh, more, more than most of us. I think that's more than all of us, right? Yeah, yeah, more than me. Yeah, yeah, I definitely yeah. got more than I did. Uh, I had a great start of the season and then completely fell off. And in the last nine game weeks, I've jumped up 700k ranks uh, because what happened was uh, I had a great bench boost week. The week Arya was in his like last minute FPL Cup, so I ended up with 160 points. <laughs> Which oh, wow. was yeah, which was a bit insane. Obviously, I took I got took a minus eight, so I hundred fifty two points, uh, and that that really pulled my ass out of the out of the water. And uh, I finished at like what three hundred three hundred ten k. Akshay also kind of had like a, a stop. Start I had an up and down season. Yeah, yeah. started and, uh, good, but just yeah. tapered off for bad. It was a, it was a very tiring FPL. Yeah, it was a very tiring FPL season for some reason. Alright, you've got to take us take us through your run, bro. Like, yeah, take us through your journey. 
Where did it most start? Most importantly, how how did you manage to compete on two fronts? Because usually, when when I yeah. when I did the cup, I always concentrated on the cup, and I I forgot the league. You yeah. know, and how did you manage to do both? That's 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 something I really like to know. No, it's a so basically as like for those of you who, who you know like listening and may not know that the cup begins sort of at the midpoint of the season around game week sixteen. and uh, around 16 you're sort of running out of your first wild card as well which i practically used in game week 4 or 5 um so whatever the, the i'll be honest i didn't really focus on the cup for the first at least five ish games cuz you're up against teams that are uh, sometimes are dead teams or sometimes not very highly ranked teams so i i just focused on putting my best team out there and and those you know trying to get the best out of those uh, i think there was a blank in one of those and there was um some fixture rearrangement during that time so i was trying to my best to to just do well in the league at at that point because it's a very hard transition because if for 16 weeks in a row you're focusing on the league and then suddenly you switch to focusing on the cup which doesn't happen overnight because like you don't normally expect to even get further so what happened is that one of the game weeks i was uh, i was about 10 points behind my opponent and had those one game remaining and i had lingard and my opponent had antonio and i was like you know what like that's too much of a like a difference to to get over so i was like so I went to bed and i told myself this that look if by any chance that i'm able to get through this game week i'm going to take the cup very seriously so i go to bed around 4:30 i just happened to wake up and i checked the score so within the first 29 minutes antonio has come off injured so he gets one point and then lingard gets a goal an assist and three bonus points so he gets basically 12 points and i needed 11 to win so basically by one point i was able to win that game week when i was trailing by 10 so i was like wow okay that's a wake up call i need to start taking the cup more seriously so after that basically i've been every week i've been sitting and analyzing my opponent's team um and trying to see what are the differences who's he going to transfer in what's the most likely captain what can i neutralize So I basically really put a lot of effort into studying the opponent's team and cup history, their game week history, transfer history, uh, and try to basically figure out clues as to how to best the opponent. And I was pretty successful. I mean, I end up going sort of all the way to the last sixteen, um, and and because of things like a triple game week, because of an Aguero Panenka mess, because of Watkins getting a red card, Dunk getting a red card, all of whom were in my team. um somehow i end up uh, crazily drawing that game um uh, i really should have won had any of those things not happened and um, yeah went out on goals scored uh which which also you know meant that i was also the highest ranked indian manager in the cup and i guess you know so i mean i could have never imagined any of this happening i've been playing fpl for you know about since about 2012 or maybe 2013 and i've never had a season like this never finished this highly ranked but i started focusing on the cup pre- predominantly pretty much for the sick uh, about i think game week 22 about game week 34 when i when i went out so um it, it's it's been a crazy run i can't uh, i can't say otherwise i've been very blessed and i've actually done been quite active on fpl twitter and i've been sort of quite uh, interacting with a lot of content creators of fpl and then analyzing more data and all of that so pretty pretty fun and um, i got invited uh, this week to speak to premier league india uh, about my fpl cup run so that will be happening this week so i'll definitely nice. be very that's amazing um, so yeah, I, i remember so that, this 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 one game week arya had and i i think he was he, he had a 13 point gap to make up uh yeah the, uh, i think this was the second or the third ga- the third to last game week that he was still in the cup for and it was a game yeah. against palace and uh, he had ianacho and i think uh, you had somebody else body was body ianacho but you had you had both right yeah yeah uh, and um, he he beat the guy by a point because ianacho i remember the 89th minute ianacho gets the winner and we're all we're all part of a group so we're all celebrating and it's like i can't believe it i can't believe it i can't believe it <laughs> and uh, so he got <laughs> featured he got featured on fpl black box fpl black box is a show by mark sadhans who's like fpl royalty at this point 
and yeah. on on that he and he was talking about R as opponent who is playing FPL for the first time. Oh wow! Yeah, so yeah. this is the first time uh-huh. he's ever played FPL. So, and he's and he I think at this point uh, he had eighty nine points. Arya had about sixty six or something. I'm not, or like there was a bit of a fair difference. And he said, uh, "Yeah, this Arya Das is not catching him." Okay, and. Uh, <laughs> Then after the the United Liverpool game, which was a, a, a tragedy for uh, for like non neutrals, if you if they were United fans, I went to check up on the FPL scores and, and I realized oh Salah has gotten points, some silver lining. Then I went and saw Arya's team, and he was on 132 points. His, his opponent was 132 points, and Arya pulled back the game. Like in both both game weeks, he somehow managed like he pulled uh, like I don't know how how, but he managed to like pull himself back out of the mire. And was really unfortunate the way he went out. Mm. But what a yeah, cup no. run! It, it had everything. Like if they wanted to make a movie on you, you should start like selling your rights now. <laughs> <laughs> no, mate. I think uh, it's like I, I think uh, the the biggest thing that that helped me through this was that I sh- uh, that at the mini league sort of where I've been and and a lot of us are on there's a WhatsApp group and everyone started following my cup run a little bit after it. I think I started making top. 128 256 128 64 and stuff like that and people got really into it so that made it more fun because everyone was asking me so what's your team who's left all of that it adds a lot more pressure i might yeah. i must say like for those who not followed uh see in a normal fpl you have about 11 players to up to and your bench to kind of if someone blanks you're kind of okay but in a cup you could be down to like four or five unique players and if any of those start blanking it starts really taking a toll on you and you can be really behind the eight ball on how many points you need so like the game that i've been described with like i was chasing 13 points and then like there were so many chances like vardy missed a couple of sitters uh you know then yenacho gets one assist so still six more points and then he scores a worldy like he literally gets a volley and he turns swivels and scores yenacho and i'm like it's actually happening you know and it's just ridiculous and it's so much fun i mean it's made like lockdown so much more tolerable because <laughs> yeah. uh It's just made it that so it much has, more interesting. That it has. That it's yeah. And so one I mean, more thing I wanted to add is that like people just add, people talk about cup being all about luck and all of that, but um, I think it's not as luck as you think. The winner of the FPL Cup was ranked 49th in the world, so it's not like it's just like a oh, run of the mill luck. Of course, there's some element of luck as well, as with FPL in general. But generally, the people who are left at the end of the cup are very highly ranked, very uh, veteran managers who've been playing FPL for a while. So you're not getting those oddball um, mm-hmm. too too many towards the latter half of the season. So it's it gets tough. Reason, was, no, yeah. there's a reason they're there, right? Because they know what they're doing, right? For sure, for sure. And uh, it was just crazy being sort of mentioned on so many different sort of content places and. And I think one more thing I want to add is that my rank around when the cup began was about 320k in, the, in that point. So halfway through the season, I was really sort of languishing. But throughout the cup, I I end up finishing my my overall rank was about uh, 17, 18k by the end of the season. So from 320k, I basically pulled back to about uh, the top uh, 17k, which was also coincided with my cup run. So I guess the cup isn't <laughs> not isn't, bad at all. Yeah. <laughs> bad, yeah. Uh, front Top so 25k, top 25k finish. Well played, Arya. Well played, like. Thank you. Thank you. Do you want to do? Do you, do you guys want to quickly do like an FPL eleven? Just an FPL eleven. Okay. Um, Martinez in goal. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Mac yeah. target. Yeah. Uh, Stuart Davis. Yeah. 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 Uh, Diaz and Stones. Yeah. Uh, okay. Not sure. Not sure, but I think Cancelo could also be in there. Cancelo yeah. had also had a few good. Mm. Um, and then of course, I think front is a little simpler. Bruno, Bruno, uh, Bruno Gundogan, and, um, Bruno Gundogan, and uh, I think Son, uh, Son, Son Kane. Yeah. Son Kane, Salah, Son Kane, Salah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah I think yeah. And, you uh, have your usual suspects up front. Yeah. Uh, you have yeah. Kane. I think. Uh, I think Ian Acho and mm. and 
Yeah, yeah. Okay, on that note, uh, finally we come to an end of a monster podcast. We've been going on for nearly two hours. Holy shit, the edit job on this. Two hours, anyway, really. Yeah. Uh, um, so, um, I'm glad uh, Arya could join us. It was a really entertaining conversation. We had some really nice talks. But yeah, we'll be back for, um, as I mentioned, we'll be back for the watch along on Wednesday. And this should be out Tuesday, a morning latest. Uh, and uh, please... share it with your friends we are now on apple podcast so if you do like the pod please go there and give us a review uh, like let us know what we could improve what you what you'd want us to keep talking about join us for the watch alongs help us grow because uh, we kind of want to put content out there for you for the people like you uh, and we we really enjoy doing it so we we might just do one final recap before we move on to the euros i still we'll have a discussion about how we'd like to proceed for that So that concludes part 1 of the episode. Part 2 will be out tomorrow or it probably might already be out if you're listening to this at a later date. Do go check that out. Uh that's also promises to be a really fun ride. I'll see you on part 2. Now go go fast. We're like we're right there.